Hey, did you guys know that we record this podcast using Anchor? It's an app that you can use to record your podcast and it gives you everything that you need. You have music and sound effects and you can record multiple episodes at once. You can edit them and then publish them later. And then uh, Anchor also distributes your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So you can have people hear it no matter what app they use to listen. And you can make money from your podcast. So download Anchor, download the Anchor app, or go to Anchor FM, anchor.fm to get started. We have, um, uh, it's recording now, so we'll, we'll just jump right into it, but appreciate you taking the time out for our listeners. Of course. Um, this, this is one of our closest, nearest and dearest friends. He's been slaying every day. I try. Um, yeah. So I always give people the opportunity to give their their best introduction. I don't want to take your thunder. So go ahead, let, let our listeners know your name, your business name, and, and what you do. Well, my name is Adi Vasquez. I'm owner of Slay Every Day, which used to just be online, but now I have a showroom. So now you can visit me in real life. Um, Talk about it. <laughs> say that again said talk about it (laughs) um so yeah so i'm a designer of aspiring entrepreneur i also help business businesses get themselves off the ground i always refer them to cgm you know because i'm reading the thing and i was like why is the m come first um you confuse me um yeah always referring them to cgm helping them get their new businesses off the ground especially if it's clothing businesses whether it's getting vendors and just figuring out all the in and out i love helping young new bosses with stuff like that as well as makeup lines so that's pretty much what we do these days that's awesome and then of course adi you know like i said she's been a long time friend of ours Um, she came into our office i think like two years ago just inquiring about information and ever since then, you know, we've had a really good connection. The reason why, you know, we invite um, certain people on the podcast for particular segments is because their insight. And so as Adi mentioned, she's done online uh, retail with her clothing brand. Now she has a storefront uh, or a showroom. And she also makes the clothes um, as well, which is a little different from some other um, early designers. So today we're gonna talk about like sales and how you've been able to um, kind of balance production, marketing, you know, customer engagement and sales. And then like the ups and downs throughout the year, like certain seasons are better than others. Um, Of course in retail, we're going into the fourth quarter, which is typically when retail businesses do the best. So, uh, guys, buckle up your seatbelts, get your notepads, your pens ready. Adi's about to give a lot of game, so um, get ready. So we'll kick it off with the first segment. Um, What made you decide to actually produce the clothes that you sell as opposed to, like, purchasing and just branding? Well, originally, I went to fashion design school, so that was always the goal, to make my own clothes. Um, And I kind of just fell into it. My original plan was to buy and resell, you know, buy wholesale and sell. Mm -hmm. Um, And people just kept asking me, didn't you go to school for this? Don't you make clothes? (laughs) So I was like, I did. So then by that point, I just started to try. And 
once I knew that I could make my own thing. That you can just make something different and make it yourself. I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to do this to give that my website the edge. And I feel like with today and mass fashion, there's so many people that sell the same things, which is okay. I mean, everybody can get their money. But I feel like if you can at least make a little something different and bring something to the table, you'll always have that special niche. Right. So that's, that's you know, that's my thought process on that and why I love to do it so much. And there's nothing better than creating your own outfit. For sure. So what's the, I guess, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, so I don't really know. What's, what's the difference between like a Fashion Nova and like another like online boutique? Like what what do they do that question. separates that that makes them different from like anybody else's online boutique? So Fashion Nova is the monster right now, which is what mm-hmm. Forever Twenty One used to be before all their problems these days. Um, right. It's right now. I think it's the mecca for mass fashion. The way they're producing at large numbers, they have so much money, so many people, so much marketing, so many people backing them up that. They can pretty much sell items for super, super low prices because they're buying so much. You know, they're getting people that are probably working for a lot of really, really, really low rates. Mm -hmm. So they can produce so much more. Where you have your small online boutique, which, I mean, sometimes these people are, you know, can afford a lot. Sometimes they can't. That only can afford a small amount of inventory they're not able to produce huge numbers. They can't see something on Kim Kardashian and make it tonight and post it tomorrow. You know, they're just not that fast. You know, it's usually about one or two people or just a small store, um, you know, that is buying a couple of units when they're going to their wholesalers. So mass fashion and fashion over, I kind of say is like, Because they just can produce much more, they got a lot more money. That's that's the big guy, I guess you can say. Right. It kind of it kind of cut out for like five seconds when you talked about like just. Can you just repeat it real fast? Because oh, yeah. it kind of cut out a little um, bit. Um, I think it cut off where I was just saying that Fashion Nova to where the smaller boutique Fashion Nova is like the big. You know how they say the man. You know the big guy. You got it. Guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so small boutiques. We're just trying to make it. We can't charge as little as they can because we had to pay more for our for our pieces. Um, right. So it's a little bit harder sometimes because Fashion Nova can probably get a piece for a dress for $5, you know, because they're buying thousands on end. And a smaller boutique is only buying six at a time. So they're going to pay that $12.50 or that $19. So Fashion Nova could sell that dress for $20 and make their money three times, four times over. Whereas to us, if we're buying it for, you know, $12 or $19, we'd have to Mm -hmm. up it for 40 and 50 and you know god bless them everyone shops like this everyone's gonna look for the lower price or the steal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's when they go to the big you know fast fashion that the quality might not be as good but the price is better got you so that's i I love i love how you threw in some some key points there so first guys when we talk about retail especially in clothing the the key to the game is how you source your products mm-hmm. or how you source like things that you're, if you're going to just straight up buy from wholesalers you got to get great wholesale prices find great vendors so that you know the key to the game is the plug uh-huh. like where are you getting it from 
how much you're spending per unit that's going to directly affect your retail yep. price and then as you mentioned with fashion nova they can buy you know a ton of quantity so their their price is going to go even lower per unit which allows them to sell at a lower price so there it sounds like you know fashion nova is targeting a, a, a specific consumer that's looking for i guess a, a, a copy of like what a kim kardashian or a rihanna war but it's going to be like the $20 version of right. it. Right. Like, look the same. Okay. Right. Cool. And they have in-house designers too. So yeah. people are, you know, they can make that call at night and have to work overnight and make it. They call them out on the morning, they do the photo shoot. They just have enough money to be as fast as they want, you know. As fast so that on demand. Right. Kind of like an on-demand manufacturing. Right. And what plant they do as well. Which a lot of people, this is me just, you know, going on about that certain subject. What they do mm-hmm. is uh, which a lot of people, you have to have, you, a lot of people, this gets by a lot of people, but what Fashion Nova will do is they will do that. Say they'll do it overnight. They'll post a picture. They'll see if people are going crazy over it. They haven't produced the whole quantity. They'll produce a sample, yeah. post it, you know, and then say, say, coming soon. So the minute people are going crazy over it, then they put it in production. Then they lock it in, you know? So they have the opportunity to do a lot of things that most boutiques can't do. They can't order one piece and say oh let's see how it is let's see if people buy it mm-hmm. so they have a few luxuries you know that money can buy yeah and but i, I think what you're, what you're saying is key too because for anybody that's trying to get into retail that's trying to get into clothing the things that you have to measure are or things that you can control are like we talked about inventory yeah you know production costs or purchase costs mm-hmm. and then the next, the next stage is, all right, how do we communicate our value proposition? So Fashion Nova has its value proposition. Can you battle Fashion Nova with turnaround time and- Exactly. And spend? No, but what is your differentiation point? What value do you bring to your market? So that's what we'll swing to slay every day. What value have you, well, I guess the value proposition that you have set with slay every day for your customers is what? And, you would say in your opinion i do try with you know customer service i know i i've been in customer service for my god like seven years now so that's Mm -hmm. something that i read that a lot of businesses actually have problems with that and this is a big pet pet peeve of mine you know they don't answer back they don't when you're trying to ask them a question about your item you're not getting that instant response so i try Mm -hmm. with instant response time with my customer service Turnaround time is a big one. I do hear sometimes people get things from Fashion Nova Fast and sometimes they don't. So I think a lot of small businesses and I and I look at a lot of small online boutiques. I'm always looking at what people are doing, you know, and they're always promising the one to two day turnaround. And that's a big one because, you know, a lot of these, you know, websites don't do that. So, you know, things like customer service, turnaround time, you know, the ability to have an actual place you can come to, the ability to talk to an actual person. Um, mm-hmm. the ability to tweak things, me personally, you know, like if you say, oh, I'm an extra small and, you know, I really love that dress, but I know it won't fit me right. That's fine. I can sew it for you. So different things like that. I think it's really more so, I think what I've learned is people will spend more for better customer service. Right. There's people that and can that- get things off Fashion Nova and they will come to me just because they know they'll get it fast. They'll get it how they want it. If they want it a different color, cool. No, and you hit the nail right on the head. That's what I kind of wanted to to draw out for the audience is you're going to be 
you're always going to be in a situation where there's uh, competition to the left, right, above, yeah. under, beneath, you know, in front, behind, whatever. That's, you're in a marketplace. So if you can nail down, it's not, it's not about, like, every clothing company sells clothes. Yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> like, every restaurant sells food. So, of course, the, the clothes have to be a certain quality. You know, they have to look a certain way. So forget about that part. That's that's uh, a no-brainer. How you can how you win is the outside soft values that you can bring. Like you said, customer service, answering responses fast, um, being available to inquiries, communicating your your story or why your brand is different. Those are the things that separate um, your brand and grow the brand, especially in retail. So somebody like uh, a company like Slay Every Day, you know, I, I love how you like to educate your customers as well. So that's something that's different that you really don't see from a lot of clothing companies. Like they don't go into the education part, right. like, like you said, about uh, how something will fit someone or even helping people start their own clothing company. So what 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 part of your mission is that, would you say? Or is it just you just being Adi or is that something that you really brought that you wanted to bring out through Slay Every Day, the education component? Um, it's just, it's both, you know, and it's, uh, it came a lot from seeing people, there's such an influx of clothing line starts, such an influx of people that want to start businesses. And they, not that they suck at it, it's just there's a lot of things that they don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like um, they don't research things, you know, everybody kind of wants right. to just think, I'm just going to do this and it's going to be cool. I'm sorry, your nephew is looking for me. Uh -oh. oh, here's the time. Like, he just wanted me to live is live, man. This is live. This is real life. Mom life. Uh, he heard Uncle Dom and he wanted to say hi. Anyway, um, what I think is they just don't research what they're doing or how. Like, there's so many people that want to start clothing lines, and they ask me, "Can you find me a sample maker? Can you make me samples? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you connect me with this person?" And I don't mm -hmm. want to be a jerk, but it's just like we everyone needs to learn like if you're gonna take up this business learn you know you take the necessary steps but there's not really that many people teaching them how to do it yeah everyone's kind of like i don't want to tell you my secrets i don't want to tell you where i get things wholesale i don't want to tell you how i did it which is annoying like help people when they're wrong so i think it just came from people being wrong a lot and me just getting sick of it and just like all right yeah. i need to help you guys like I, I want you to succeed i want a bunch of people to be bosses because being your own boss although a lot of times it's very annoying it's you know it's very rewarding you know so that's pretty much where that came i just figured i would just help businesses and teach them the ins and outs the things that i wish i had someone tell me um, yeah. And, you know, but you have to put your own drive into it. So I would always tell everybody, you know, like, this is something that you have to really put your best foot forward into. So once you take these necessary steps and you learn, then everything will be golden. So, like, you know, just listening to people, just listening where to go, just taking those tools and those resources and, you know, really utilizing them. So once I did, like, once I helped, like, one person, I was like, oh, oh, I should keep doing this. This is pretty fun. Mm -hmm. So then they're goals. Awesome. And and again, that, that reciprocity comes back to you, I'm sure, in the business. So as we as you've grown Slay Every Day, I know we've talked a lot about in the past about customs, 
about you know the, the manufacturing part about you know mixing the products some stuff you do buy wholesale yeah so how have you managed like the inventory because it because you know for us in retail like custom is very hard to keep up especially as you get more customers so how do you manage your inventory when you make a when you make a, a when you produce your own product like how do you manage that inventory for that particular product that you hand me personally um, i um i'll just do like a certain number i'll get mm-hmm. a certain amount of fabric and then just for like exclusivity you know i'll cap it at like a certain amount um there's only been like a certain number of things where i'm just like consistently like even though like there's one item it's like the infinity romper where i just bring it back every year just because it's people's favorite and they like it um yeah but it's all about quality control so i try to do not i don't try to take on a million at one you know Mm -hmm. so it's definitely just taking your time with orders not taking a million if you know you can't do them because i'm the only person that does it like i don't have like you know outside people so i just make sure that it's only a certain amount that i take I don't overwhelm myself just so that I'm not doing them a lot and then just, you know, making them terrible. <laughs> um, no, for sure. So, yeah, I just think it's about time management and just really making sure that, you know, you're picking a good quality number, you know. So if I have a good amount of fabric for one, I'll just cap them at 10, you know. And nice. then if people love them, you know, maybe bring them back again. Um, but, yeah, it's just – and then – being your own boss you have to set your time schedules you know you have to sure. really make sure that you have the time to execute these so it's about really with time management and just you know proper planning and just making sure okay when i when i post things i know okay i'm only going to do a certain amount of these and then, and guys if you're getting into this game this is the secret sauce for clothing retail um so unlike other retail industries like food for example let's take chick-fil-a i mean not chick-fil-a uh, popeyes, popeyes right now, right now. popeyes had this chicken sandwich that the world went nuts for and then they don't have any more of it Excellent. and so it's like they're like oh damn we, we sold out now people like you were hot for a week but you couldn't handle the demand so where you know when they bring it back maybe the buzz will be as strong but maybe it'll wear off. Right. So like when you, if you go to like Walmart and you're looking for something and it's sold out and you're pretty pissed off. If you go to like a restaurant, like go to McDonald's and you go to get a, a milkshake and they don't have any more, you're pretty pissed off. But the opposite happens in clothing. When a clothing store, when you try to go get something and they sold out of it, that actually increases the value of the product right. and increases the demand. So controlling the inventory, as uh, Ari just talked about, like she might make something but only make 10 units of it. So what happens is if she sells out of that, out of those 10, the 11th person that comes like, yo, I want it, I want it. Oh, babe, sorry, babe, it's sold out. If she ever drops it again, you know, she can sell it at a premium price because there's only 10 of them to begin with, because it's handcrafted. And, you know, as, as people want to buy clothes and they're not available, they're scarce, it makes it even more valuable as an item. So one thing that we always tell our clothing clients is make sure your inventory is low and manageable to begin because you don't wanna, even if you're buying product, you don't wanna buy 
50 crew necks. It is incredibly hard to sell 50 And I think pieces. that's people's big <laughs> mistake. So yeah. many of my, like, I guess you can call them students, but like, you know, people that were my mentees, um, I always tell them to buy small. There's things I have from like five years ago because I bought so much of, like, yeah. buy small. I mean, it sounds good. I feel like you're like, oh, I'm going to get so many of these. I'm going to sell so many of these. I always say just scale, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. buy a few, buy that. They're called packs when you buy wholesale. So like you get yeah. six of each item, buy one pack, try it out. If it blows out and people are just so, they can't believe it, they love this stuff. All right, then you buy the second pack, you know, because then you can create that demand. People are excited. You know, if you get two units of something or two packs of something and nobody cares, then what are you going to do? You know, it's a loss. It's a loss. And then you can't even, you can't even put it on sale to sell it because there wasn't a demand for it to begin with. So that's part of the, the the content that we're putting out this month is, you know, price. Right. Price is a communication point, but demand is something that you got to generate from branding, got to generate from value. So as we, as we heard from Ari, Adi, Sadi, the, the slay every day, the value is like it's handcrafted, it's limited pieces. She's very, she has a, a great fashion sense so the stuff looks great. She also makes it for women in different sizes. So you have, you're creating this atmosphere of, oh man, I know the next time she drops a dress, she's only gonna have like 10 pieces. So you have to build that up over time right. for people to be like, damn, oh, that dress is hot. She only had, I know she only has like 10 pieces. I gotta drop everything and buy that thing now before it's sold out because she may not make it again. That's like the most That's... amazing marketing tool. Like now, you must exactly. buy now. This is never gonna be here again if you don't buy it now. Um, and that's just how it works. You know, you want to get people, you know, buying and interested and you want them to know, hey, I'm not getting this again. So if you want to be the only person with this. And I think that really speaks to people when they think, oh, my God, only a few people are going to have this. Yes. I, I Yeah, that. it's huge. And so, guys, remember, so first is um, you got to get a good resource on if you're doing something, if you're going to make it your resource on the raw fabric, if you're buying it. Their resource on with wholesalers, all these research. people. People just, you know, the big thing is China these days. You know, everybody's like, I'm just gonna buy from China. There's good <laughs> in China. There's bad in China. Bad like, in China. There's good in the U.S. and there's bad in the U.S. You know, this is all things that just take research and time, and don't rush into it. Quality yeah, over quantity. Exactly, especially in especially with clothes. Right. Because again. I have on a shirt, you have on a shirt, everybody walking around has on a shirt. It's not like there's not an abundance of clothes out there. We have plenty of choices, plenty of options. So when you hit the ground, you want to hit the ground with a great story, Definitely. low low startup cost, low amount of inventory so you can move it, and then repeat the cycle as you, as you grow the business. So we always like to, I know you have limited time. Oh no, he's up now, so up. you can talk to me as long as you want. Oh, is that? All right, cool. So B, um, B is her son. And Adi, when you started, how old did you? How old were you when you started the company? Well, when I started Slay Every Day, I was twenty-one. Twenty-one. So guys, you're talking to somebody that's still super. Now. Twenty-five. She's still super young. You no, know, now she has a young son. So it's not about oh, I'm too young to do it, or I have these inconveniences. 
in my life. You can run a business and run a successful business at any point in your life. But we're, one thing that Adi was saying was you got to research, you got to be a student of your craft. That's what's going to separate you from 90% of the industry. Yes. Literally 90% of your people don't want to look up anything. Yeah. So. They don't. They ask me all day the most random questions, you know, and it's just like, you didn't look on Google. You didn't you didn't check a little and you have to have research. You have to know. Yeah. Um, so as we move into the the last two segments, uh, one I want to talk about is like pricing. So you do handcrafted. Um, how do you go into like pricing I'm your pricing item? Is it... I can tell you that right now. Uh, yeah. You know. So how do you break that? How do you break that? It's how do you hard, break that you mentality? Know because being a consumer and being a designer you're like at war with yourself like um a girlfriend of mine she does custom things she just make custom clothing she makes um custom personalized gifts and we always go back and forth with each other about prices you know it's hard because you want to keep the prices low and you don't want to feel like you're charging too much especially when you're you know competing with the bigger p- people so it's kind of just like it's hard. You at least want to make double of what you spent. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, okay, just make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure it's at least. I tell all like my clients that like my mentees with, or and I say this on my ebook. You want to at least make sure you're making your money back. You're recouping so that you can do it over again to make more money. So you know if your wholesale item costs twelve dollars, you know at least sell it for thirty you know, at least make your money back. I mean, you can sell it for lower, but leave room for sales so that, you know, that's where you have that little $6 in between. Um, and you know, with things you make, it's, it's hard because, you know, a lot of people charge a lot, but that's because that's their time. That's right. Fabric fabric is expensive. Some days it'll be cheap. Some days it'll be expensive. You know, sometimes pieces take four hours to make and you know, a lot of people don't think about this, but you know, there has to be a charge for you're coming in for these fittings, you know, mm-hmm. you're getting my time. So that's really, you have to think of fabric costs. You have to think of time put into it. And then, you know, how many times are you going to see this client? So it, it's hard because there's definitely some things that I price super low. Um, but I know if I got my fabric low and I'm making, you know, as long as you're making double and you're making a little bit of profit for yourself and you know sometimes you you know a piece is good enough to where you can make triple so you make enough to get more and then put in your pocket um it's really all about i just you got to crunch the numbers you know you got to know what you're getting you know know how much shipping cost is going to be mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a whole science i just i make sure like if it's a wholesale item you know i double or triple it and then with my clothing you know it's with the top that i make it's with the time, the price, you know, per fabric, and you know how much work is going to go into it with this client. Yeah, and the, and the key thing that you said in the beginning was consumer versus being the business owner. Right. So that mentality, we struggle with that. A lot of early entrepreneurs struggle with that that um, dichotomy because you know we're used to saying I wouldn't buy that or I wouldn't right. pay this much, I wouldn't do that. So now you're saying, like, well, let me make this thing this price because I wouldn't pay. You got to throw that out the window. Right. Because you're lowballing so, yourself. Like, you're lowballing yourself. Like, it's, the faster you can get rid of your consumer mind state when you start a business, the quicker your business will actually grow 
because like you mentioned, you can't factor in what you would pay for. It's not about you. It's about the value you present to the customer right. and what the consumers are willing to pay for. And so we have to think about, like you said, purchasing costs, manufacturing costs, packaging costs, shipping costs, labor costs. So all these costs go into the baseline price. And then, as I mentioned, you want to be able to pay all that off, get that money back, do it again, invest in the business, and also pay yourself or your staff right. as you grow. So the, the second big piece um, that I talked about with price is understanding that the time that you put in is... Yeah, it may not be a charge now because it's you and you own the business. Uh, excuse me, that day... was bad. I'm sorry. That was not my birth. <laughs> that was my child. It gets real on CGM. It we don't. We all hold no punches. The the time that you put in, you may not be charging for, but a year, two years, three down, years down the line, you might want to hire somebody to do. Well, you have to. Yeah. You have to get somebody in there to replace you sometime. Yeah. So you have to factor in hours on the job too in your price so that um, is there when you decide to leave that particular position whether it be production or marketing then the last bit on price is think about it like this and Adi mentioned that you know it's way easier for you to say hey this thing was $65 but because it's Labor Day it's on sale for $50 Right, so you can. It's way easier to drop a price right from the ticket from the sticker price for a consumer on a sale at whim, whenever, than it is to say, okay, cool. I started my company with me selling twenty-five dollar T-shirts. Now everybody wants my T-shirts. Okay, cool. Let me raise my price. Once you raise that price, you're gonna see a huge drop off in in purchases because they got accustomed to. The market that you set right so remember you set your market i'm talking to the listeners you set your market and you set the customer experience and expectations with price with the product with the quality of service so yeah when you start out if it's 65 dollars for the t-shirt everybody's not going to jump and go buy it all because they don't know the brand yet but as you build the brand then more and more people will be accustomed to paying that price. And it's very easy for you to say, hey, I'm doing a Labor Day sale or a birthday sale or a holiday sale or whatever to give them a discount. But you never want to be in a position where, like Adi mentioned, you're shortchanged yourself. Now you're trying to get that on the back end. It's going to just, you've already set the market and the tone. So guys, don't think about your business as a consumer. Think about your business as a business owner, all the cost that goes into it all the time and and set the tone for your clients and your customers because that's where you're going to launch from and again it's very easy to give discounts give discounts anytime you want um if you want to move a particular item that's that has too much inventory in it um and the last the last segment is always like story time so we always give the the guests opportunity to kind of go into a, uh, an anecdote about what they've learned through their business, like the best thing or worst thing that's happened to them. So four years in the game, Atlanta, Philly, traveling, helping, coaching, educating. What's like the best thing or the worst thing that you've 
gotten from doing this entrepreneur piece as far as like a retail business? Honestly, to me, I think the best thing is just noticing that when you treat people right and when you do good by your customers, how much they come back to you. Mm -hmm. There's people that before I left to Atlanta, you know, reached out to me and was like, oh, I used to buy this from you all the time and I can't wait to buy this from you again or, oh, I bought this dating dating suit from you two years ago. It's still my favorite. It still fits so good. I need to buy more. So I think that's always been the most rewarding is just like seeing those people that they could shop anywhere else and you Mm -hmm. know they can get a cheaper price anywhere else but they love your service and love what you provided and love your items and they keep coming back you know I have a few customers that are like that and it's just you know we just have there's some girls that we just have this rhythm weekly if I get something new they're just like you know I want it I don't even Mm -hmm. have to talk to them I don't even have to say anything to them they're just like send me an invoice they're cash shopping me before I even know, they're PayPaling me before I even know, or they're buying it off the site. So I think that's the best thing and that's something that I really try to tell, you know, whatever, whoever takes my business courses or whatever the case may be, that, you know, when you provide that really good service and you take care of people, um, they're always gonna come back. That's gonna be, that's recurring money for you. You're always gonna have those customers that come back Mm. and, you know, customer service like I said it's a big thing for me and um, I know that just by messing up one thing you could never have that customer again you know first impressions you know or only a few people will give you a few impressions you know one or two so it's really important to just make that mark on them and once you do you'll have a customer for life anything that you're selling they're buying you have you know that no matter even if a bunch of people don't like it I have this one customer that they're going to support me so I think that's like my absolute favorite thing is, you know, my my loyal girls that shop with me all the time. They're the best part about this. That That's really what keeps me going is make, I mean, like, you know, when you have a business, you're unsure sometimes. Oh, I don't know if people are liking this. I don't know. Yeah, you know? Yeah. But, you know, when you have people that you're always telling me, you know, I've had people come down from Texas, you know, to see me and to buy my stuff that they've been buying my stuff for years and they've come and visit me. Um, and tell me, you know, I really love your stuff. You know, yours fits me the best. Just things like that. I think that's like the most rewarding thing that I've taken away from this whole thing. And teaching people. I think that's like mm-hmm. my new favorite thing. Seeing, you know, one of the people that bought my um, vendors list and, you know, had like my mentorship. Her website was like the first day she launched it. She had like a ton of sales and she was just listening to all the things that I told her and it worked out really well for her. So to just to see people taking what I taught them and like, I think when you give your knowledge, you're like, you initially don't think, you're like, oh, I, I think I know what I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> and then to see it work out, you're like, oh, okay, I actually do. I got some good. Yeah, like, oh wow, I actually have some good information. I actually help people make money and like help them with their business. So that that's now the new thing that's really rewarding too. No, that's awesome. And I mean, you hit a lot of um, key points in there. And one thing I want to stress is she mentioned with service, you actually eliminate price um, out of the equation for competitors. And so a lot of people think that price is a value. It's not. Value is what the consumers place in the product, the company, and how they feel about the company so people I've, I've stood in uh, Liberty Place at the you know, food court right here in Philadelphia in, in the mall 
there's 25 other restaurants and Chick-fil-A's line is 300 people deep during lunchtime. Why? Because people value Chick-fil-A, even though they can get a cheaper sandwich somewhere else, they can get something faster somewhere else with a lower, with a shorter line. Doesn't matter. And Adi just hit it on the head. With value, if you give customers the value of good service, quality clothes, a great experience, um, they get to know you, the price from somebody else becomes irrelevant because they're going to shop with you. So just guys, remember, you set the tone for your business. You set the tone for your customers. You set the expectations. And the other key point that you mentioned was um, like that service and working for them. Yeah. Don't get into entrepreneurship thinking that you're going to, you don't have to work for anybody anymore. We just (laughs) put this post up like three days ago. Oh yeah, everyone You're, loved that when I reposted that one. They were like, this is so true. Like you are, when you open up your business, you have more bosses than you get, than you ever had in your life. <laughs> your clients, they're, when people buy something from you, they want it, when they want it, they want it how they want it. And they, they want it where they, they want it. they bought you, and you are And they said they bought you. they can speak to you, however, whenever <laughs> they, they want. They bought you too, honey. <laughs> So if you're not if you're not mentally emotionally prepared to welcome and scale from one customer to ten customers to fifty customers to a hundred to a thousand, then you that's that's what's going that's what the business is gonna become as you grow. You're gonna have people wanting to get in contact, wanting the demand, wanting this, wanting that, wanting the um, like you mentioned feeling like, hey, they're your best friend. They can call you, text you, email you anytime they want. Like the the game gets real as you scale. So I want people to realize that once you get, especially in your retail, once you get into business, you're gonna be dealing with a lot of, um, a lot of different personalities, a lot of people. And so that's when it gets real. You're gonna have a ton of bosses. So um, that was the last piece that I wanted to share. Adi like mentioned that I just wanted to dive deeper into it. But once again, I can't thank you um, enough for jumping on the podcast with us today. Of course. And B even made his little like, cameo. Yeah, once so. he heard you, he was like, oh, no, 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 I know that What's guy. that? I, it's a party? He's like, no, 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 I know that guy. I hear that voice, but I know that voice. I need to talk. It's a party. It's a party. The entire time. It's time. <laughs> he's used to FaceTime, so he's like, where is he? Where's he's the like, face? I hear him, but I don't see him. Where's the face? So yeah, how can people get in contact with you? How can they buy from you? How can they reach out, become students? Let us know like um, how they can reach out to you. Yeah, so you can shop online at slayeveryday.com or you can mm-hmm. now make an appointment to visit us. We'll visit us, I mean, or well, me and B. So you can visit <laughs> us at 2424 Coral Street where at the, um, what is my building called? I always forget. But anyway, 2424 Coral Street, you can come visit and check us out. Or you can email me at abasquezinfo at gmail.com. Or follow me on Instagram, a.everyday. And the store page is Stop Slay Every Day. And you can reach out through a million ways. I'm always accessible. I'm always on my phone, sadly. Sadly. 24-7. Yeah, we always open. So, guys, you already know how you can reach us at CGM Philly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. This is YouTube. where I get all my best business knowledge. So reach out to them. Reach out, reach out. Uh, our website, cgmphilly.com. Info at cgmphilly if you have any questions. And of course, you can hear this podcast on SoundCloud, 
Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, uh, it's, it's a pleasure, Adi. Thank you so much. We gotta go. We gotta go out, grab some lunch this weekend. You know the and wing ding. The wing ding. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? What about me? What about you? Don't got no teeth playing. Ben, you be acting <laughs> up at the table. They didn't forget. They didn't forget. For sure. So guys, take it easy. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much. CGM Lounge out. Bye. Ciao.